I want to thank Heavens Worldwide, one of America's leading promotional products companies, for supporting this interview with Daniel Burris on the Business Builder Show. You can reach Kevin's Worldwide at kevinsww.com. That's kevinsww.com. Entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got it. Welcome to the Business Builder Show. This is where we inform, educate, inspire, and entertain our audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and professionals who seek excellence. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show. And alongside of me is my executive producer, Mr. D.C. Taylor. Hi, D.C. Hi, Marty. I'm glad you're here to help me again. It's a pleasure. It, well, it's always fun being with you. Thank you. D.C. is um, going to be alongside of me, as I've already mentioned, on this leading, leading and learning journey. By the way, you can learn more about me and our past shows at MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. I have a very special guest with me today. Mr. Daniel Burris joins us. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to introduce Daniel. There's This is going to be a fascinating show. I read his book. Uh, it's already a couple years ago, and I've been really anxious to get him on the show. So allow me to introduce Daniel Burris. He is considered one of the world's leading technology forecasters and innovation experts. He is the CEO of Burris Research a research and consulting firm that monitors global advances in technology-driven trends to help clients profit from technological, social, and business forces that are converging to create enormous untapped opportunities. Over the past 30 years, Daniel Burris has established a worldwide reputation for his exceptional record of accurately predicting the future of technological change and its direct impact on the business world. Daniel is a strategic advisor to executives from several Fortune 500 companies. He's the author of six books, including the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal bestseller Flash Foresight, as well as the highly acclaimed Techno Trends. He has been featured in many specials, PBS, etc., and he wants us to make sure that we know that he is a highly innovative entrepreneur who has founded and managed six businesses, and I think five of them were national leaders in the United States in their first year. New York Times, the New York Times, has referred to Daniel Burris as one of the top three business gurus. Daniel Burris, welcome to the Business Builder Show. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Uh, I'm excited. As I've already said, I'm probably say that a few times because I genuinely am. Let's talk about, let's begin with your book and the title of the book, uh, which is uh, Flash Foresight, How to See the Invisible and Do the Impossible. Wow, that's kind of heavy duty. Flash foresight, how to see the invisible and do the impossible. Okay, Daniel, what's flash foresight? What's, what's it mean? What's it all about? Well, as you know, that subtitle, how to see the invisible and do the impossible, sounds impossible to deliver on, but <clears throat> since you read the book, you know it actually does. So let me explain how we think about this. First of all, we've been, as humans, doing impossible things ever since we set foot on the planet. Let's face it, uh, having this show, 
uh, listening to a recording, wearing glasses, even having a chair to sit on. At one time in human history, all those things were impossible. So how has have humans, ever since we set foot on this planet, been able to turn the impossible into the possible? And the answer is when an invisible opportunity, the moment that becomes visible, when an invisible solution to a seemingly impossible problem becomes visible, in that moment, you get a flash of foresight mm. that allows you to move, it allows you to move forward where before you couldn't. And what I did in that book was I have principles, seven principles that give you that make that invisible visible, thus giving you flashes of foresight. Yeah, and yeah. it uh, and so the the goal is for you to be able to see the future much more clearly with that. The book is outstanding. Let's get into some actual examples or principles. Um, I believe you call them seven radical principles that will transform your business. Let's talk about some of them. Maybe we can talk about all of them. I'd like to because you have great examples through the book that I'd like to share and have you share with our audience. The first one says, uh, in terms of these principles, start with certainty. Start with certainty. When you're forecasting, when you're thinking about these things, what does that mean, Daniel? Well, it really is important because most of us think the only thing we can be certain about, the only thing we can predict about the future is death and taxes. Mm. And the rest of it is up for grabs. I, I even remember in the book, I even mentioned uh, when I first met uh, the uh, chairman CEO of uh, General Motors before they went bankrupt, Rick, yeah. Rick Wagner, yeah. when we shook hands, he knew I was a forecaster futurist and had written a number of books at that time, and he said to me what everybody thinks, and that is, well, of course, no one can predict the future and be right. And when he said that, I said, well, let's see, it's fall, next will be winter. Hey, I think I'll be right. <laughs> and, yes. and of course, what I was suggesting to Rick was uh, there is a science of cycles. There's actually over 500 known cycles that repeat. Uh, for example, in the year 2040, whoa, way out there, yeah. in March, in March, could an astronomer accurately predict the exact moment of a full moon? And, of course, the answer is, well, of course they could. And uh, do, uh, do we know in the next and the next and the next presidential election will be? Of course we do. Do we know in Father's Day? Well, retailers sure do. Yes. And, in other words, uh, and we know the stock market goes up and the stock market will go down. And, by the way, it'll go back up again. So the, what I'm getting at is there's a science of cycles, but that doesn't help our listeners, uh, Marty, because we already kind of understand that. We just haven't really thought about how that gives us certainty. The key is there's another kind of change, and that is, and the economists have no training in this. That's why they've mm. been increasingly wrong mm. lately. Mm. And, and let's face it, if your listeners can be right, about what's going to happen. If they could predict the future and be right, mm. do they have an advantage? Wow. The answer is, well, well, yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is about teaching. This book is about teaching you how to be right. Yes. Uh, so again, with certainty. Um, so the so unlike cyclical change, linear exponential change is the other kind. And it used to be so slow, it didn't matter. You could be a good economist without it. Today, if you don't understand it, you're in trouble. And by the way, examples, once you get a smartphone, you're not going back to a dumb phone. Correct. That's a one-way path. Yes. Once, you, once the people in China park their bicycle and get a car, they're not going back to the bike. 
once the people in India get refrigeration for their home, they're not saying we don't need refrigeration. These are linear one-way exponential changes that have predictable consequences and opportunities. So the whole point of certainty is a personal strategy or a business strategy based on uncertainty has high risk. And that's the reason so few small and mid-sized businesses really do great innovation. They Uh. tend to start out their company with an innovation and then milk it. Or they do an innovation every now and then because there's high risk with innovation. But on the other hand, this flips it because if your personal or business strategy is based on certainty, you now have low risk. And here's the interesting thing. The risk now is in not doing it because of a principle Mm. I'll share with our listeners Mm. right now. This is really important. If it can be done, it will be done. If you don't do it, someone else will. That's profound. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He is. So what can be done? And the way the things that most of our listeners are doing is as they look to the future, they're doing it through a rear view mirror view. In other words, there's a reason your windshield is larger than your rear view mirror. Let's look through the windshield. And what we do is see opportunity when you make it more clear. And as a matter of fact, that's why we started uh, that uh, that second chapter uh, or that next part of the book uh, in terms of principles with anticipate. But Daniel, and, can I can I jump in yeah. because I want to make something that's in my brain that keeps I, as you're speaking. Are you, uh, the things that you mentioned? Um, those are are those what you call hard trends? Like they're going to happen. We're just getting. Uh, we're just about to introduce that okay. because. In the chapter, in the chapter of the book that talks about how to anticipate the future and be right. Yeah. You yeah. have to understand a principles that I've developed over the last 30 years. And by the way, before starting those six companies, I taught biology and physics. So I only mention that so that our listeners know that this is based on scientific research and principles, not just some guy making it up. Got it. And it's also proven itself over decades. So there are two types of trends, hard trends and soft trends. I mean, let's just face it. There's no shortage of trends. We're coming up on a new year, and over the next several months, you'll be seeing Gartner and MIT and all these different groups publishing their list of future trends. Yes. And so there's no shortage of trends. The real issue in my mind is, all right, so which ones are going to happen and which ones aren't? So to understand that, you have to separate between the hard and the soft. Hard trends are based on future facts. And if you don't like them too bad, they're going to happen anyway. If they're going to disrupt your product, your service, your company, your your business, too bad, they're going to happen anyway. Yes. But if you can see a disruption before it disrupts, you now have the choice to either be the disruptor or the disrupted. Yes. Because it's, so that gives, makes disruption a choice. And believe me, Marty, this is important. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, then, I want to come up with yeah. some examples, but I don't want to jump in because um, I know we're going to get to some examples of, of something that's going to actually happen or, or has already absolutely, happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me give you a couple of let me give you a couple of quick ones right now so that you understand. And we'll do it kind of uh, simple ones right now. Go. Uh, one of the categories of hard trends there are three is demographics. Yes. So in this country, let's take the baby boomers. We got 78 million baby boomers. Hard trend, they're going to get older. 
Yes. They're not going to get younger. They're going to get older. And there is a lot that we can predict about that uh, as we start thinking. A lot of opportunities. Yes. Matter of fact, why don't we tie this exact example to a business? Let me give you a flash foresight right now so you can see how this works. So we got uh, that many people getting older that fast, and we've got thousands of people retiring every day. So with that in mind, a lot of people love to go boating. A lot of people love to go fishing. But as you get older, it gets kind of hard to get in the boat. Yeah, it gets kind of yeah. hard to launch yeah. the boat. Maybe yes. you have a mom or dad or grandma or grandpa like that right now. No, that's me, so actually. Why? That's me, actually, right uh, now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, All right. So why don't you and I start a business and we'll create the easy launch trailer for seniors? There you go. Now, it, now if we, we design that well, do we have a fully definable built-in growing market every year? And the answer is, well, yeah, holy cow, we have a built-in growing market every year. Yep. And by the way, is and we know it's going to grow, and we have solid numbers to support it. So if you were trying to get funding from a bank uh, on that one, you would be able to get that funding because you can show them hard numbers of the growing market. And by the way, would you know what countries to export it to and what countries not to export it to? And the answer is, of course, we know which ones have the aging population. Absolutely. That's a hard trend. Uh, me, That's a hard trend. Well, Sure. Yeah. Let me give you one more quick one dealing with this uh, demographics. You can see uh, I'm going to name something. I'm going to describe something now that does not exist at all. And then and that is uh, we will we will see this is a hard trend. We will see a app apps for your phone, a mobile phone. And we're talking about I'm sorry, not a phone, a watch, a smart watch. Yes. We're going to see a smart watch for seniors. Now, the target market. 75 years old and older. Now, are they buying the smartwatch? No. No. Who's buying it? You are buying it for them. Yes. And why And why are you doing that? Well, first of all, all, all of those watches now, as well as your, your smartphone, have what's called an accelerometer. It can tell motion and how fast the mm -hmm. motion is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that's already part of it. Yeah. So look, if your 95-year-old grandma's smartwatch rapidly moves uh, four feet, what happened to grandma? Yeah. Oh, she just yeah, fell. Yeah, and, yeah. and by the way, does grandma need to know it? No, she's on the floor. She already knows it. Right. Who needs to know it? You need to know it if it's your grandma. Yeah. And and uh, let's say uh, grandpa takes walks, but he gets lost because he's starting to get a little bit of dementia. So uh, so what does grandpa do when he's lost? He goes to his phone and says, how do I get home? And it tells him. Yeah. By the way, where is grandpa? Well, look at your phone, and you can see a little speck on the map showing yep. you exactly where grandpa is. Now, I won't go any further. You get the idea. The yeah. point is, uh, watches that do that kind of thing do not exist now. Now, let me ask you. Do you think that a watch like uh, a smartwatch like that will exist, or do you think that's impossible? Oh, I think it's going to exist. And, and well, I, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm willing to be your partner. I'm ready to be your well, partner. See, well, see, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I just gave you a flash foresight. Yeah, that's now solid. That, and once you start seeing the future, whether it's an easy launch trailer or whether it is a smart watch for, uh, for elder patients uh, or whatever, all of a sudden, wow, the future starts to become visible and opportunity is there. And then let's go back to my principle. If it can be done, it will be done. If you don't do it, someone else. Someone's going to make that smart watch for seniors. You're going to be reading about this in the news, and you're going to say, hey, I remember 
a guy talking about this on Marty's show. Yeah. Wow, it yeah. did happen. Yeah, now, Better. you know, let me jump in there because you're making me think of something. So uh, we're going to have them read the book to get more details on some of the other ones. But I want to go back to the old idea of a prediction. And you talked about General Motors. Here's my question. You talked to him, uh, Rick Wagner, that was his name, right? And you talked yeah. to him. And um, so here's my question, I guess. They went bankrupt. Why? Are, they, are we too busy to see what's going on in corporate America or small business or big business? Why, why don't they see these things? Yeah, well, I really, you just hit a big one right there. And that's why you're good at doing these shows and bringing good uh, talent. And it's not just guys talking like me, <laughs> the talent. You're asking really good questions. So here's the insight you just shared with people. Let me pull it out. First of all, when I met Rick, he was, they were just about ready to go bankrupt. So it was too late for him uh-huh. to do anything. He had already laid the path there. Yeah. But here's why those things happen. As a matter of fact, we'll add a little notch to that. Why didn't a taxi driver think of Uber? Yeah. Wow. Why, yeah. why didn't Marriott think of Airbnb? And why didn't Barnes go back in time? Well, why didn't Barnes and Noble think of Amazon? And I'll, and you hit the answer, and that is, well, they're all busy. Yeah. They're all busy doing what they do. Yeah, busy right now in today's world, you can busy yourself right out of business. Now we yeah. all know that after you hear this podcast, you're going to go back and be busy, but you can't just be busy. So let me give you an action, and that is, I would like you. Once one hour a week and put this in your calendar, one hour a week to unplug from the crisis and plug into the opportunity. Ask yourself instead of what don't I know about the future? What do you know? Instead of what am I uncertain about? What are you certain about? And, and ask yourself, uh, uh, those kind of questions. You can start and you can start getting those flashes of foresight about your business, about disruption and all of a sudden, you'll see the future become more visible. Yes. At this point, we've only talked about demographics. Yeah. <clears throat> let's give you. Uh, let's give you a. Uh, how about there are three categories? How about government regulation? Oh, do we re- way, do I, we really want to go I, there? Do do we? Yeah, re- we, we have to, oh, I yeah. guess. Well, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, one of the principles in the book is opposites work better. Ah, uh, good, so good, good. So I, I want you. To go there. Good. And why do I want you to go there? Because there's loads of opportunity. Now, remember, you can't predict everything, but you can predict more than enough to do amazingly well. So with that said, even though we at the point of recording this, we really don't know who the president is yet. Some people will be listening to this and they'll already know because it'll be after. But right now we don't know. And so people would say, well, we don't know anything about the future of politics. We don't know what kind of new regulations we'll get. And I would say, well, there are a lot that you can't predict. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there are many that you can. For example, let me ask you, Marty. Do you think we'll, regardless of who is in power, do you think we're going to get more government regulations on cybersecurity? Uh, more regulations on cybersecurity. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter who the president is. Why? Because yeah. that is those are hard trends shaping that. What about this one? Let me give you one more. Do you think we're going to get um, increase the increasing globalization of regulations around auditing and accounting standards? Positively. Absolutely. Now, 
if you and I wanted to devote a show to this, we could come up with hundreds of regulations that aren't there, that will be there, that we could see ahead of time, and we could start looking for opportunities. Yeah. So let me give you a quick opportunity to make this real. Let me give you how, uh, how to make a flash foresight out of this. In California, a year ago, in January, uh, there were over 900 new laws that went into place in California. And that's pretty typical for a year. It sounds crazy, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And one of those said, in two years, uh, half of the reading materials of all kindergartners and first graders in the state of California have to be nonfiction. Wow. Right now, it's all fiction. Wow. Yeah, the little engine that could is fiction. Now, you yeah. got two years, every school district in the entire state, you got two years to make half the reading nonfiction. Now, when you hear that, what you say is, oh, what are these guys, idiots? What are they doing? And you'll get all upset, <laughs> right. and you'll come up with a thousand things that make you upset, and by the way, that gets you nowhere. Yes. But if you do the opposite. Yes. Like a like a 28-year-old school teacher did that I met in San Diego. Here's what she did. She called, and she made three phone calls. She's called the San Diego School District, the Los Angeles School District, and the San Francisco School District. By the way, she chose wisely. They're very big. Yes. And she said, you've got two years to get half of the reading to uh, being nonfiction, and that's a law. If I provided those nonfiction books, would you be interested? Wow. And by the way, let me cut to the chase and tell you what happened. Basically, they underwrote her business, and no. she's doing amazing. Now, and by the way, Marty, she did not have to go on Shark Tank. Yeah, well, yeah, no, uh, that's right, On uh, We have been listening to Daniel Burris, and now you understand in the introduction, I said the New York Times has referred to Daniel Burris as one of the top three business gurus. Before we move to the next segment that I want to get into, because I know you're excited about something, what's the best, best way for people to reach you? Your website? Yes, yeah, so if they go to Burris, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com, that's a great way to, and by the way, there's some great resources in there too that uh, you can uh, tap into. Yep. So uh, that would be a, a really great way. And of course, I highly recommend uh, going to Amazon or wherever you want to go and picking up a copy of Flash Foresight because that's where you can get into these other principles that you and I won't have time for. Yep. By the way, before we go any further, I did want to mention something about soft trends. Do we have time for that? Right Absolutely. Now? I, I want to get into your new model, though. So, give, yeah, but it's important. Talk about soft trends. Yes, I do have to mention that. Sure. Uh, it, it, because I said there were two types. And yes. you might, and now soft trends are the ifs and maybes. These are, a, a hard trend is based on a future fact. For example, we got 3G wireless, 4G wireless. We're starting to get 5G. Is that it? Well, no, there'll be six followed by seven. Yeah. That's a hard trend, future fact. Yes. Uh, soft trends are the ifs and maybes. And here's the point I want to make. They're based on assumptions with different levels of risk. And I like soft trends and I like hard trends. See, the reason I like hard trends is I want to know what's going to happen before it happens. That gives me opportunity. Um, soft trends, if I don't like them, I can change them. Hmm. So you can manipulate a software. For example, right now, there is a 10-year-old trend of Americans becoming more obese. It's been happening every year. Mm -hmm. And the United States just paid for a big study 
to see how obese we would all be by the year 2025. And the reason was to figure out how we're going to pay for that mess. Mm. But is, but is that a hard trend that's unstoppable? And the answer is, well, no, no, you can Actually, stop. You, you can do something about that. For example, my sister works for a very large company. It's called manpower. And they gave Fitbits to all the employees and have uh, competition and, uh, they have collectively been able to lower cholesterol and weight and all of that by their employees. In other words, what are they doing? They're making sure that that hard trend, that soft trend can be changed. We are going to be more healthy and we're going to find a way to do it. There you go. Clear. And the, so just know that soft trends have value. Again, to find out more, go to pick up Flash Foresight. Yeah, Flash Foresight, how, you, how to see the invisible and do the impossible by Daniel Burris, my guest now. When I reached out to your office, um, they were excited to talk about something that you've been working on. Um, I'm going to say what it is, the anticipatory organizational model. Now, let me set this up a little bit, if you don't mind, because I want to read right after that. Again, I'll say what it is, anticipatory organizational model. You asked a question. How did Uber revolutionize the taxi business and disrupt an entire industry? that is now taking on FedEx for deliveries. Should I repeat that, Daniel, or you want to drive home the point? Well, here's the point. Did they do that by being agile? Uh, no. Did okay. they do that by reacting? No. As a matter of fact, uh, the people that had to be agile, agile is all the people that are now in crisis. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want you to be in crisis. See, here's the thing. We spend most of our time reacting to change because there's so much coming our way. Holy cow. And, and not only that, the best thing we've come up with so far is to be agile. And I know you've had people talk about agility on your show, Sure, but, but what is the benefit of agility? Because if you think about it, agility really is learning how to react faster than your slower competitors. Yes. But people like Amazon, people, uh, companies like Amazon, Apple, um, Uber, Airbnb, and a host of others, they're not using agility. They're using something else. Yes. And what are they using to do low-risk, high-impact innovation that drives uh, profitable change quickly? Yes. And the answer is they're anticipatory. And how do you anticipate, and what can you anticipate? Well, as I suggested from my last book, Flash Foresight, using hard and soft trends, you can anticipate disruptions before they disrupt. Okay. You can learn to anticipate problems before you have them. Let's face it. I've done a survey of over a thousand executives from all over the world, all these different companies and industries. And it, and the survey showed that uh, the problem, the biggest problems they were encountering in the present, they all agreed were perfectly visible over a year earlier, but they didn't have a way to see them. Mm. And what we do is show you how you can see future problems before you have them, giving you now the opportunity to pre-solve them so you don't have them. Now, Daniel, now, Daniel, let me ask you a question. Forgive me, because I want to make this clear. You use the word model. Now, you've worked for Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies. Is this now available or this thought process that you're talking about, the anticipatory organization model, is this available um, how can I say it to the average business person? And, and if yes, tell us more about it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, first of all, it, 
Uh, we just begun to really talk about how what you can do with it and what the advantages okay. are because I've only given you two so far. But uh, what uh, what we're doing is teaching a new competency, Got and it. there is a online learning system I launched in early 2015 that teaches the four elements of this and uh, of this how to get this new competency, uh, how you can and how you can make this model drive success. Hmm. And, uh, and it is, uh, since I launched it in January this year, we got a product of the year award for 2016. It is, uh, being used, uh, to, uh, at the, for, uh, the Pentagon for, uh, becoming anticipatory instead of reactionary because I realize they need to be, and it's now part of their leadership training. Uh, it's being used by not just large companies, but also mid and smaller companies to drive uh, and really see new benefits. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. There is a accounting auditing firm uh, that's one of the top 50 in the country that started using the learning system. And there, as I said, there's four modules to it. And they didn't even finish, after finishing just the first module, uh, they were trying to find some new high margin pro- services they could offer their yeah. clients. Yeah. And they looked at the future using hard trends and they saw that cybersecurity was going to increasingly be a problem, not just for big companies, but for small and midsize. And there was no one with solution. Yeah. So what they did is they found a small cybersecurity company that was, frankly, quite inexpensive to acquire. Mm-hmm. So they acquired that small cybersecurity company. And before the year was up, they, that was the most profitable division of the company. Wow. So the point I'm making is the invisible became visible. Yes. The opportunity all of a sudden was there. And there was a way to move forward. So the one of the ways of doing it is, again, you can go to Burris.com. There is the learning system. And then secondly, uh, as you might guess, in uh, 2017, I'll be launching a book around the anticipatory organization. Wow. So maybe when that gets launched, you and I will come back and we'll do another interview on that so they know about the book. I but love I'll that. Tell, I'll, tell you, I'll give the listeners right now, you can get a lot of the fundamentals out of Flash Foresight, and then you can get a little bit more of the particulars uh, on the website. <clears throat> and I really recommend uh, anyone with a smaller, mid-sized business in this organ that is listening to uh, contact us and find out more about it because it is unlike any learning system you've seen before. It's got uh, video. It's exciting. It doesn't take much time. And the key is it makes you apply what you have just learned to what you do to get a result right from the first lesson. I've been doing so this, Daniel, I've been doing this show for five years. And um, I don't know how many hundreds of interviews. I can't think of a better distinct competitive advantage for a small to mid-sized business than to do what you just suggested. I can't think of anything better that they could do. Uh, to go on to Burris.com and find out about this learning system. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, we can set up, uh, if you, again, with your company, get a, get a couple of your key people together, get a call with us. We'll give you a demo of it. And I'll tell you right now, anyone, every single company that's ever seen the demo has got it. Wow. Because it's it's that good. So yeah. what we're doing is not just teaching you how to anticipate disruptions, anticipate problems before you have them. We're also showing you how to in how to anticipate customer needs mm-hmm. and how and how to see the game changing opportunities. 
so that you can indeed be the disruptor. Mm. Um, also, um, so really, what this is, is it, it blends two things that are normally separate. It shows you how to transform, not just change, but transform how you plan and innovate. Mm-hmm. Because typically planning is separate than innovating. Yeah. But they, but they should have never been separate. The mm-hmm. key is when you have it, when you become anticipatory and you learn how to do that, then you can also drive low risk innovation. And then there's some other elements in this of how to do problem skipping so that you can accelerate faster and how to get the different generations working together as a powerful team instead of really kind of semi-distrusting each other and looking at all the differences. Uh, I mean, there's so many powerful elements to this uh, learning system that really just help you learn how to do it rather than it's all just theory. Yeah, and, and again, right at the beginning of the show, um, New York Times has recognized you. We made the point that you are a practitioner. You have started and operated successful businesses. So again, drive home the point. You're not sitting in some ivory tower someplace. You have practiced these things. You have worked with companies big and small, and we can't possibly cover it all in this one interview. So I do want to have you come back, maybe even before the book is out, because I'd like to continue the dialogue. Um, but to wrap up this part of this segment, any key points that you want to drive home relating to flash foresight or the anticipatory organization model to kind of wrap it up? Yes. First of all, uh, with the increasing and exponential power of technology, allowing us to do things within just a couple of years that are impossible now, wouldn't you like to know what those things are now? so that you could be doing them instead of waiting until somebody else does it to you. Just reacting, putting out fires, and solving problems once you have them isn't working that good, and it's going to get worse unless you become anticipatory. And I would, once again, drive home the point. Um, Doing nothing and being busy is going to be my biggest fear for you. Take the time to be uh, an opportunity manager, not a crisis manager, and to learn how to anticipate. And you'll find that you can turn change and transformation into your biggest competitive advantage. I'll say an amen to that, Daniel Burris. What a great uh, opportunity to be with you. And so I really do appreciate it. You, you have been listening to the Business Builder Show. I am your host, Marty Wolf. So alongside of my producer, Mr. D.C. Taylor, we want to thank Daniel Burris for being our special guest. And please take advantage of these wonderful opportunities. Daniel, again, thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. My pleasure. Have a great week, folks. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. I want to thank Kevin's Worldwide, one of America's leading promotional products companies, for supporting this interview with Daniel Burris on the Business Builder Show. You can reach Kevin's Worldwide at kevinsww.com. That's kevinsww.com.